All right, so let's put the disclaimer out here now, okay? Um, This podcast may upset a lot of you. This podcast is not going to be nice. This podcast is me honestly, really honestly, truly being fed the F-U-C-K up with Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barack Obama. So let's get into his even more disingenuous commentary pertaining to the black community when it comes to our community relations with law enforcement. So stay tuned because this is an episode that you're not going to want to miss. If you've already been taking the red pill with me, if you are triggered, if you are a fan of this man, I'm telling you right now, this is going to be a podcast you definitely don't want to hear. So I'm holding the door open for you now to exit stage left for the rest follow the house rules sit down don't touch nothing don't break nothing (sighs) (laughs) y'all 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 Let's get into it. Let's let's just get into it. Um, to be quite honest with y'all, I'm not even trying to be here all night because I'm tired. I have other podcasts that I need to record. So I'm really honestly doing this for my Instagram following because <laughs> this article was brought to my attention. And we're gonna get into it. All right, we're going to get into it because I promised my IG following that I would do this podcast. Before we get into what the getting into is going to be, I just wanted to say welcome to Rondell's Unpopular Opinion, everybody. Welcome to Anchor. Welcome to Apple. Welcome to Spotify. And like I always say, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me and I appreciate that. And I appreciate you and make sure you tell a friend to tell another friend to tell that friend to tell a bestie. Me, you, your mama, and your cousin too about this podcast. All right. Now, I already know I might lose some. I, I'm I'm gonna lose some people with this one. And quite honestly and quite frankly, I don't I don't give a you know what. I don't care. Y'all already know. Y'all already know how I give it up. Y'all already know how I give it up. I'm not here to make people comfortable at all. Okay. But I I need to speak on this because, you know, I've been giving my commentary over the last couple of months. You feel me about Barack Obama, um, about his, just his presidency, how I feel like it was a symbol of tokenism and nothing else. Um, I don't feel as though he is black. I'm going to put it, I'm going to, I'm going to be straight up. You know what I'm saying? And when I say that, I mean that I don't believe that Barack Obama is black by, uh, tradition, culture, um, from upbringing. I don't believe he is black American. Now, do I believe that he has had black experiences socially navigating through America and through the world? Absolutely. However, when it comes to, Um, being able to connect with the black community when it comes to, uh, essentially the traditional 
roots, when it comes to the foundation that was laid out for him, I do not resonate him to be black. Just like I do not resonate Kamala Harris to be black. I resonate Kamala Harris to be Indian, a Indian mixed ethnic woman. Okay. Let's get that clear because race, ethnicity, and nationality are three different things. Okay. She is bicultural, put it that way, being that she was, um, you know, raised by her Indian upbringing. However, she does have Caribbean roots, which is not really too much of intercultural because we all know that people within the Caribbean do have ties to India. Okay. Um, a lot of Guyanese people do a lot of Trinidadians do. This is nothing new. Okay. Everybody who is Caribbean knows the term coolie. All right. That term is used very often. Um, or was used very often by many people within the uh, Caribbean culture to describe people who are of the same nationalities as them in the Caribbean. However, they, their lineage rather traces back to India. Okay. So let's be clear that she is Indian via her upbringing and tradition and cultural um, foundation with black experiences via an HBCU or what have you, all right? But she, in my opinion, is not black. And what I am sick of is I'm sick of, you know, biracial, you know, not only biracial, but biracial immigrant people of color being forced into the black community as if they resonate with the black community and their issues. Okay. And this is no jab and no shade to anyone who is not black American. Okay. But we need to call a thing, a thing in a spade, a spade. And this is why when we speak to these politicians who are quote unquote people of color, they are unable to socially identify with our concerns, with our socioeconomic concerns, because they are not us. Period. And it just is what it is. You feel me? It is what it is now. We're going to get into these comments. And the reason why I had to bring that up is because the fact that Barack Obama was not raised by his Kenyan upbringing, but more so of his Caucasian upbringing in Hawaii. All right. Set the foundation for how he perceives black America, period. Period. All right. And then you wonder why you have these disingenuine comments coming out of him or why he is unable to resonate or how, why he has never been able to resonate with the black community. And I'm not speaking about only his presidency. I'm going back to his days as a senator for the state of Illinois. Because if you know people who are from Illinois, they will tell you that they didn't, the black American community then wasn't feeling him. Okay. And believed he was a token, 
But let me tell you something about tokens. Tokens are fool's gold. I can't buy nothing with tokens. I get nothing with tokens, okay? I don't progress with tokens. Tokens is not currency, it's fool's gold. So with that being said, we're gonna get into what was stated. Now, this article was from The Hill, all right? And this article was released yesterday, December 1st. Today is December 2nd. All right, happy December to everybody. And the title was, Obama, you lose people with snappy slogans like defund the police. And this was written by Justine Coleman at 6.48 p.m., December 1st. Okay. So the article goes on to state that former president Obama said political candidates lose support when using stappy slogans like defund the police in an interview scheduled to be released on Wednesday. Obama told Peter Hamby, who hosts a Snapchat political show, good luck America that those who use the slogan could jeopardize their goals of enacting meaningful reforms for police quote unquote you lost a big audience the minute you say it which makes it a lot less likely you are actually going to get the changes you want done the former president said in an interview scheduled to go live at 6 a.m. on Wednesday. The key is deciding, do you want to actually get something done or you want to feel good among people you already agree with? All right. The former president's comments align with top Democrats who have considered the phrase to be damaging to the Democratic Party. The phrase was widely used in connection with the racial justice protests over the summer following George Floyd's death in May after Minneapolis police officer knelt on his neck for several minutes, pinning him to the street. Now, House Majority Whip James Clyburn told NBC News meet the press last month that he believed the slogan hurts some Democratic candidates like Representative Joe Cunningham, who lost to Republican-elect Nancy Mace, all right? The killing of Floyd, who was black, triggered calls to defund the police across the country. The slogan refers to reallocating funding for police departments to social services for minority communities. Obama participated in a three-part Snapchat interview as part of a press tour for his book, which is a memoir titled A Promised Land. All right. Now, like I said, this is on the Hill. And if you want to read more of this, you can. I actually read this article yesterday when it was sent to me. Right. So we're going we're gonna to pick this apart. First of all, let's get into the loss of Joe Cunningham. Okay. Joe Cunningham lost as a representative for the state of South Carolina because South Carolina is not a democratic state. <laughs> like this is the, this is the tomfoolery that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, South Carolina is very Republican. Okay. And the goal for a lot of these red states was to take back the house. So why would 
a red state like South Carolina, why would they want to keep the the House Democrat? Like that that makes no sense. None. Okay? And let me tell you something. It is very clear, okay, that Republicans are very pro-military. They're very pro-law and order. They're very pro-police, okay? And the majority of America is conservative. We just gonna call a thing a thing and a spade a spade. If you look at the electoral college map on November 3rd, all right, even though these states were not worth much on the electoral college algorithm or, or spectrum rather, what it tells you is, is that the majority of America is conservative or right wing people. Okay. So this is why Obama stated that the political game to win back the house was not to regurgitate that type of rhetoric of defund the police. This has nothing to do with community relations and bridging the gap between police and black Americans and, and the black community. We're just going to put it straight out there. This was about conquering the house and about being able to pander to the majority to swing them blue or to swing them to vote blue and regurgitating the defund the police rhetoric was hurtful because it did not warrant certain states within America to swing blue for the house. Let's just keep it straight a buck. All right. So here's my thing. And here's the, here's the problem that I'm having when it comes to Barack Obama. Okay. And, and this statement, is it really about change? Is it really about change? Was it really about change? Because if it was about change, why were you not speaking about bridging the gap when all this stuff was going down? Yeah, you had some tweets here and there, right? But where were you as far as stating of ways or giving insight as to what we can do to strengthen community and police relations when it pertains to the black community? You didn't really give too much of your two cents, but you damn sure came out within the last probably six weeks before the fucking election to tell black people what to do and how to do it when it came to voting. Okay. But when it comes to how are we going to make our communities better, how are we going to fix community and police relations? You're silent on that. You're, you're silent on that. You're silent on it. There's nothing that you honestly really say. Right. And though it, yes, it may be true that are you just agreeing with people? Are you just siding? Uh, are you just feeling good among the people you agree with? Or do you really want to get something done? We already know these people don't want to get anything done. We didn't, we know you didn't want to get anything done. 
when it pertains to this problem. Thus, the reason you signed that blue alert when you was in office, that executive order to protect the cops. When we had situations like Mike Brown, when we had situations like Freddie Gray and Trayvon Martin, even though Trayvon Martin wasn't murdered by the police, right? But when we had these incidents where we had black men and black women being wrongfully done by the system, you went and signed executive orders to protect them and did nothing to protect us in this sense. So this is what I can't respect. I can't respect you saying, oh, you shouldn't say that because you're not bridging the gap to make community and police relations better because this is what we should be doing, right? Why weren't you speaking on this now? But speaking on this before. But now that you got this book tour going on, it has warranted to put the battery in your back to say, hey, South Carolina lost their chance. Certain red states may have lost their chance to turn blue for the house because they were endorsing rhetoric like defund the police. That's what it's about. This is not, and, and honestly, this is my opinion. This is not about fixing community relations. This is not genuine. This is about the fact that certain states lost the opportunity to turn blue for the house. Straight up. Stick to code so that way we could swing these votes so we can flip these states blue. All right. And in order to flip them blue, you have to pander to the right. It's a game. It's a game. You're not going to win as a Democrat in a Republican state if you are buying into liberal rhetoric. So therefore, you must pander to the right to swing the right blue. That is exactly what this article entailed. From these statements that he said in this interview. You know. And once again. It just shows. How. Obama is all for self. Obama is about playing the game to win. Alright. And there's nothing wrong with playing the game to win. Alright. But don't smile up in my face. Tell me that you care about me. Sell me this dream for me to put your ass in office, okay? Sell me on change and yes we can and all this stuff for you to do the complete and polar opposite. And then eight years down the line, 12 years down the line, you're going on media publications, especially black ones, telling me that what you did for the collective is was beneficial to me and that I should just shut up and take it. I'm, I'm really sick of that. I'm really sick of this rhetoric and I'm tired of it. 
But what I want to know is if this is how he really feels, then does that mean that Joe Biden lost a lot of the majority because he was endorsing that rhetoric? Because let's be honest. Okay. Let's be quite honest. First of all, Joe Biden has not been sworn in yet. Joe Biden is the projected winner. All right. There's a huge difference. The electoral college has not called anything. Joe Biden was doing interviews and Joe Biden stated in his interviews, all right, during his campaign and from his basement, because we know he ain't really come out until like the last probably six weeks to the freaking uh, debate started. He had stated that the police is our enemy. Okay. He stated this in several interviews. I've watched these interviews with my own eyes and I've heard Joe Biden use these words. All right. Joe Biden has been very vocal to win the black vote about police and about police brutality, him and Kamala Harris. All right. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. It's not only about the slogan. All right. It's not only about that. Anybody who speaks out on police brutality. Okay. Is going to rub red wing people the wrong way because red wing people are about what law and order they are about military they are militant all right this is why you have these um open gun laws in these states okay because they are pro second amendment the right to bear arms all right this is why you see a lot of police departments back in 45 or was back in 45 for the election all right because their values aligned okay this is this is why so now what we're doing is slamming people within our own party and stating that them endorsing slogans are the reason for their demise when you were the slogan king to win the presidency twice please understand i'm i'm not un- this is what i'm not understanding it's it's like a do as i say not as i do because you did the same thing you won the people over on slogans you were selling slogans on magnets on t-shirts on on clothing pins yes we can and change and forward you were the slogan king and now you want to sit up here and tell people within your own party that they lost to their right wing uh opponents looking for the right word that they lost to their opponents because they endorsed a slogan or they, 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 they bought into a slogan. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And if they wouldn't have bought into these slogans, then they would have been able to win. Right. This is what we saying. My thing is, if it was about really getting things done, then how come the house wasn't trying to really get things done? Like 
I believe that they just backed off of the Emmett Till anti-lynching bill when Rand Paul pushed back, saying that they need to revise the bill. Did they do any revisions? Did Kamala Harris do any revisions? Did Bobby Rush do any revisions? Where the fuck was Maxine Waters? You know, like this Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi. I, I'm I'm not I'm not understanding. I'm not. It's just not making sense to me. It's not. Now people may feel as though that the defunding of the police and giving the the funds back to the community, which we know ain't gonna fucking happen, which we know is not gonna happen, right? That the police budget is way too large. And the reason being is because of the negligence and lawsuits. We're going to keep it straight 100. So people felt as though defunding them, knowing that they don't have room for error, would make them want to tighten up. Now, do I believe that this slogan was the way to go? No, because what I knew was going to happen was a lot of police uh, officers were going to retire. They were going to bow out, all right? Less we're going to start enrolling into uh, the academy. Um, they were probably going to hold off on graduates from the academy. I knew that um, this would result in less policing out in the street for more nonchalant attitudes of law enforcement not to do their job. Okay? I knew that this was going to happen. And when we have less law enforcement, right, we have people who are basically doing things because they know they're not going to be held accountable for what they're doing, which means more crime out on the street, which we do know in our urban communities within the hood, the hood is not going to govern the hood. So when it comes to the police, it is a double-edged sword because yes, we do want them to be held accountable when they do screw up. However, at the end of the day, we do need the police because guess what? The police are the ones who are going after your missing children. The police are the ones that you'll call in when you beefing with your BD. The police are the ones you call when your elderly grandmother need help. So at the end of the day, we knew deep down that it was a double-edged sword that we just need to fix the community relations and we need people who are going to work for the betterment of the people to really get in and really reform all sides of the spectrum. But you got this dude out here who's only speaking in the sense of winning. Winning a seat. When it, when this whole defund the police was much deeper than that. Now, when it comes to BLM pushing the narrative of defund the police, I really want them, I really wonder what Patrice Colors, because she always got a lot to fucking say. I really want to know what Patrice Colors thinks of this statement from Obama, stating that defund the police was something that the Democratic Party shouldn't have been endorsing. I really wonder, because quiet as it's kept, a lot of their money and donations went to Democratic campaigns. 
So I want to know how they feel about their quote unquote first black president stating that their rhetoric and their message of defunding the police should not have been regurgitated. I would love to know. Patrice, please tell us. Please tell us. But y'all keep thinking these people are for you. These people are for self. Point blank in the period. But when Yvette Carnell calls Barack Obama a narcissist, you get people in their bag. You get people in their feelings. You got people saying, oh, it's not that serious. But each and every time he opens up his mouth, he says and makes comments that are disingenuous to many black people. Period. I'm tired of this motherfucker. I'm going to be real honest with y'all. He just needs to stop talking. He needs to stop talking. You done wrote like three memoirs. We already know your story. What else do we need to know? We don't care about that. We want to know if this COVID vaccine that they're about to shoot us up with is going to make us asymptomatic carriers. And are we still going to be spreading the virus if we take it? Right? Because nobody is talking about that. Nobody is talking about whether or not this is going to prevent us from spreading the virus. And if it's not, then what's the point of taking it? Nobody, nobody wants to, we don't want to hear about that. We don't want to hear about, we don't want to hear about your upbringing. You meet Michelle. We don't heard all about that. We don't watch several documentaries. We don't listen to Michelle podcasts. All right. We don't watch Netflix. We already know y'all girl, Susan Rice is on the board of directors for Netflix. Y'all former NSA advisor. You think you're slick. But we already know you got friends in fucking high places. We already know your story. You done told this so many goddamn times. But we got we got problems out here. Real fucking problems. All right? We don't care. We don't care. We is plural, yes, because I'm speaking for many within the black community when I say that we do not care about your book, the one of three. We care about if we about to have another fucking Tuskegee experiment up in here where they gave black people syphilis on purpose. We want to know whether or not we about to be eugenic guinea pigs up in here. We're not trying to be distracted by your book. We're not trying to hear how we need to just accept what you've done for everybody and count it for progression for black Americans. We're done and we're done with you. And on that note, I'm going to head out y'all. Cause like I said, I had other podcasts to record, but I think I'm going to have to get to those tomorrow. Cause he don't work my goddamn nerve y'all. He don't work my motherfucking nerve. Okay. We're, we're tired. We're, we're, we're tired of this. We're tired of these tokens. We're just done, 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 done. I'm out y'all. All right. I'm gonna have me. I'm I'm off tomorrow, so I'm gonna have me a little glass of wine tonight. I'm gonna have me a glass of wine, and I'm gonna enjoy it. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, but I love y'all. 
I do. And y'all be well and y'all take care. Peace.